Welcome to Three Boys in a Bar, your weekly film and whiskey review podcast. Join us each week as we review a film and a whiskey. You can follow us on Instagram at Three Boys in a Bar, or send us an email with your own film reviews and whiskey recommendations. Three Boys in a Bar at gmail.com. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Three Boys in a Bar, the podcast that reviews amazing movies and drinks delightful whiskeys. I'm joined today by Will. Hi. And Marco. Hey, hey. Hey boys, what's, how's the week been? Oh, another day in lockdown paradise. Marco, how's yours? Oh, it's been film and whiskey filled, boys. Yeah, well, we're hopefully, we're, we're just around the corner. We're now past the 14 day rolling average of five so we're, i think we're almost there and hopefully we'll be able to go and see a movie at an actual cinema very soon but um before we start on today's film review i thought marco what is it that you're drinking today thanks tom well uh, the whiskey that i will be reviewing and will be drinking throughout the podcast is actually a bourbon whiskey it is the maker's mark 46 kentucky straight bourbon whiskey so we have that to look forward to a bit later in the program oh very nice we haven't gone through the, to the bourbon whiskies at, at this stage. It's mostly been single malts and um, mostly from Scotland and Japan, I think. Yeah, I thought it would be nice to cross the pond and uh, see what the, the Americans have to offer. Yeah, nice. Well, Will, I believe that this movie, the movie this week, is your choice. So That's please it. tell us about The King of Staten Island. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, so, The King of Staten Island. Yeah, this, this week's choice. So, it's the latest Judd Apatow written produced and directed feature. This movie is also co-written with the film's protagonist, Pete Davidson. And the film is a semi-biographical dramedy, really, about Pete's life. So in the film, Pete plays Scott Carlin, a 24-year-old who is yet to grow up, basically. This movie is essentially a coming-of-age story, but rather than Scott being a teenager in high school, he's a high school dropout in his mid-20s, suffering from mental health struggles stemming from losing his firefighter father in the September 11th terrorist attacks and also relying on drug use for his Crohn's disease. During the movie's first half hour, we get introduced to Scott's world, his band of friends, all of whom share a similar daily existence of hanging out, smoking weed, joking around. We also meet Scott's mum and sister, and it's the family dynamic that is the major source of conflict in Scott's life. His mum, who starts dating another firefighter sort of 18 years after his dad's death, and his academically superior and college-bound sister. It's in these early scenes that some of the best comic moments occur, especially as they're often tinged with sadness or some brutal life truth and quality of Davidson's comedy is well known for. As we move into the second act, however, it's really the Scott story and how he navigates being kicked out of home, getting a job, and finally finding himself and his place in the world. By the time the movie closes out in a fairly quickly wrapped up third act, the audience is left having experienced a bittersweet story with what I thought was a genuine ending that doesn't feel corny, cliched or overdone. The performances from Pete Davidson as Scott, Belle Pauly as Scott's love interest, Kelsey, Marissa Tomei as Scott's mum, Margie, and Bill Burr as Ray Bishop, Margie's new beau, that are all great, filled with chemistry, heart and humour. There's also a fantastic supporting cast made up of Scott's friends, work colleagues, extended family, and the firefighter community. The dialogue creates this razor-sharp, biting interplay, capturing directness and acidity of the Staten Island accent and its rhythms. 
This is especially noticeable during such scenes as the graduation party and with the firefighting unit. Again, it's these scenes and a few others that are perhaps the most successful and funny while being highly insightful and articulate. For all the aspects of this film I loved, I still felt it was too long. A victim perhaps of trying to balance the drama and comedy a little too much. We settle into neither style completely and I walked away with a feeling like the movie doesn't quite know exactly what it wants to say and thereby playing a little too long. Not really knowing Pete Davidson's comedy, however, perhaps those who are familiar with him will not have this slightly disjointed experience that I had. Apatow fans will find a very different brand of humour here. No Anchorman or 40-year-old virgin gags on display, but rather his vision seems to be to support Davidson's style of comedy while guiding the performances of his cast, many of whom are Pete Davidson's real-life friends. I think Apatow is largely successful in this objective, delivering a character-driven movie, even if the pacing gets a little patchy. Uh, the overall quality of the film, production design, cinematography and soundtrack are all on par without really breaking any new ground. And it's a very easy watch film, even if it's probably a more niche watch or we'll find more of a niche audience. So The King of Staten Island was set to have its world premiere at South by Southwest this year in March, but that festival was cancelled by COVID. Then it was rescheduled to premiere at Tribeca in April, which was also cancelled so we watched it on video on demand where basically it was released because theaters, movie theaters were closed everywhere. I don't know how this would have gone in a cinema. Uh, I, it's been released digitally and that's how we watched it. I think it's certainly not a Christopher Nolan film where you possibly needed to see it on a giant <laughs> screen. But yeah, once again, bit fallen victim to the COVID-19 fiasco of 2020. Anyway, boys, that's my synopsis or my summary of King of Staten Island. Um, Tom, what did you think of this film? Yeah, thanks, Will. Um, look, I, I've got to say, I a few weeks ago, I went on a bit of a John Apatow binge and just started watching his filmography. And I love I love the, the humour of his films, the comedy, the um, characters that he creates, the honesty in his writing. John Apatow consistently makes really great character-driven stories, mostly about people who are sort of disregarded or usually, usually, uh, I suppose, idiots, um, things like, <laughs> who sort of have this sort of, um, but, but still has heart to it. And these characters are able to sort of, uh, it's about these characters realising something about themselves and actually sort of changing their lives around and making a difference. And um, it's a formula that Judd Apatow nails to a T. And um, he has done, this has been a fantastic, in my opinion, this is a great collaboration with Pete Davidson, who is a um, Saturday Night Live writer and performer. And um, he has just done an incredible job. This is based on um, uh, his own experience. His father, Scott Davidson, who I believe the first name is borrowed for the lead protagonist in this film. Scott Davidson was also a, was a firefighter who died. And... This is obviously a very personal film to Pete Davidson. And Steve Buscemi, I understand, is also someone who has knowledge of or has some sort of background with, um, I think, I believe his father was also in the fire department as well. And But I, I haven't really sort of checked that. So, But anyway, these, this was, I thought this was a great film. I thought this was amazing. I thought the writing was fantastic. Pete Davidson did such a good job performing as um, Scott Carlin. I also thought the supporting cast was excellent. Marisa Tomei. Um, a huge shout out to Maud Apatow, Judd Apatow's daughter. If you watch the Judd Apatow movies, you can see that his daughters are in everything and they always give such great performances and Maud Apatow did a fantastic job in this one particularly. I, I really love to see her as um, Scott's younger sister. 
she did a really great job, I thought, in the scenes that she was in. I thought um, Bill Burr as Ray Bishop was also excellent. He is a he's probably better known for his role as one of the uh, characters in Breaking Bad. But he did a, he did a great job. I overall had a, I thought this was a great film. Um, I thought all the scenes were fantastic. I thought all the supporting cast were excellent. The only thing, and I, and I follow on what, from what you've said, well, this film, I think, I think there was, I think what happened here is that they clearly had a lot of ideas and they didn't really know. And, and I feel like a lot of scenes were left on the cutting room floor. And so sometimes the story doesn't really transition from scene to scene seamlessly as I would have liked. I think that ending was a, it was a nice ending. But I also thought there was still a few things, there were so many characters in this story that they didn't really have a, they didn't really wrap up all of, really Pete Davidson's character really didn't reconcile with absolutely everybody that he could have. So I, I feel like there, were, there was a lot of scenes left on the cutting room floor, slightly uneven at times, but otherwise the scenes that were in the film were just excellent. And I'd say, yeah, this film wasn't really a, wasn't really a technical film. Um, mm. It was a predominantly written and actor uh, focus, and um, Jared Patel did a really great job. Marco, what did you think? Look, I, I'm on the fence with the film because, like, like you guys have said, it is quite a long film, but I think it's, it's a tale of two stories. I, I first act is more akin to like a Pineapple Express kind of stoner comedy vibe. And then the second half is actually a poignant and character-driven story. And I just wanted to see the second half film. I mean, there's a for the first half, but resonated with me was the one that started about half an hour to 45 minutes in. So I say that I absolutely loved it, even though I loved it once it actually started. Clearly a very personal story for Pete Davidson, and I, I greatly appreciate that. But I didn't rate Pete Davidson at all. Uh, I found him quite abrasive as an actor in most of the, the film. Uh, poignant moments where he actually had to emote, but when he was doing his comedy bits, I've got to say that a lot of them didn't land for me. Um, this first film in a long time that I had the pleasure of actually watching with Will, which I, I don't know how to feel about the experience because there were bits that I think that Will found quite funny, whereas I probably wouldn't have laughed if I was watching it by myself and probably vice versa, which I think is an interesting thing. Whereas yeah. watching a film like this with someone or by yourself is a clearly a different experience. Like we, you mentioned before with a cinematic release, which obviously is not on the cards, but performances were generally stellar across the board. Tom was phenomenal. Um, was great, even if I did think he was Cypher from The Matrix for the longest time. Um, which, <laughs> which, when Will and I were watching it, we just said, like, man, he got old. And I was like, well, The Matrix is actually over 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steve Buscemi actually was a New York City firefighter before he was an actor and apparently went back and actually um, had September 11 Center. So that's his connection to firefighting as a whole. Thanks for the clarification. I mean, for, for me, the film actually really did resonate in the second half because, I mean, it, the story is about somebody that's lost their father, whether like completely understand that you're hearing about the legendary status of this person who you never really knew. 
and then the honesty of this beautiful scene in a bar where there's the honesty between all of these people that knew his dad telling the telling the the dirt of a young age and that in some way defines or he sees that as defining who he is and in a way uses that as an excuse as his for his life going forward and the fact that his life is going nowhere but then the heartwarming thing is that it's it's exactly that and the camaraderie that comes from the fire department that brings him out out of his stagnation in life and like for me that was quite resonating because I, mean, I lost my father when I was very young um, and stories that no one wants to tell like that. I completely understand that. And so that's that part of the film hundred percent resonated with me. Scarf was a different film in my opinion and a lesser film. Really interesting. I think this is what happened. I think because this is because you have Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson writers um, for this film and definitely, you know, possibly Marco that your the tonal, um, that you're relating to probably come about because of that. I think also as well that the reason why it might feel a little bit bloated and a little bit strange is because it's clearly a personal story to Pete Davidson from a very real place for him. I mean, he's said like the, the reason why they play um, Pursuit of Happiness at the end of the film by Kid Cudi is because he said that it helped him through his suicidal thoughts when he was younger. So things like little touches like that are clearly show how personal this is to Pete Davidson more difficult to be objective and say this needs to be in the film or this doesn't or this character could be removed or could be combined with another in a story that is disconnected to the heart of the story so I really would love my film knowledge is not great in trying to compare this to something else whereby it's semi based on the life of somebody who's still really young so as a you know biopic or a semi-biography thing i mean it, it it's only capturing a very small slice of pete davidson's life so it, it's so i feel like that's potentially why this film has ended up the way it has being a little bit bloated a little bit tonally all over the place until it really kicks off towards the end the meta sort of thing in a, in a way so it's a genre almost all by itself yet it falls into this dramedy thing that we're trying to unpack so in a way i certainly haven't seen anything like it so it's breaking some new ground there and whether just some of these things are because it's a new genre or it stands alone because of that it's harder to reconcile all these other bits and pieces i still think that there was maybe a really great film in there and that the editing and stuff maybe because of tom you said all those other characters it, it was just hard to tie it all together. But Marco, you were saying how you were really into the second half of the film. I, I can't really see this as anything but a film, like trying to do, say, a TV series or anything on it. I'm just not sure there's enough material. So you like the second half. I sort of like the first half more. And it's just a really interesting way of making a film. It's interesting subject matter. It's It's kind of whole new thing which is cool to watch and it's so interesting to try and break down what worked and what didn't you couldn't say that any there was you couldn't say not notwithstanding that that there was a single scene that was uninteresting 
No. Like no, the, really. the, the the characters just were so well realized, and the, it, mm. it just it was they evolved. Each scene just evolved so organically. Uh, all come together, mm. maybe not. But... I mean, a collection of great scenes does not a good movie make. Like they, they it was fantastic, it, but yeah, it's just like this is a bad film. But you you can have the best scenes and the best acting and the best writing, but if it's not tonally congruent or like has a a story thread that goes through from start to finish, then I just think it misses the mark, unfortunately. I do want to clarify, though, at the very start that I don't mind the stoner comedy kind of setting up his life at the start. I just think that it's the fact that it takes nearly 45 minutes for it to really kick off is like beating a dead horse. It's like we get it. He's a stoner. He's not going anywhere with his life. We have a laugh with him and at his expense but for 45 minutes, I feel like you can do that in, like, 10. Short films do it a lot more successfully than, than that did. But I think that there would be a danger in, in, couldn't have cut some stuff out, but in shortening to the point of, say, 10 minutes. And I know that's only your example, but I think what I did like through the different scenes that we saw, you know, Scott, that he wasn't a one dimensional stoner, like everything from the opening scene of him driving the car. Then he's with his friends. Then he's with the family. Then he's on the beach and he's doing the tattooing thing. So I did really feel like we got different elements of the stoner, whereas it would be very easy to do a more pineapple express thing where you're James Franco and you're just getting high every day. So I did like that he was a well-rounded character by showing us these different scenes and he wasn't just a cliche. I'm a lot less bloated at the end because you're not kicking him again and again and again and bringing him lower and lower and lower to then build him back up at the end. I agree, Well, I thought that by making this film shorter, it could have become stereotyped. Um, Not just, you know, it could have just become a typical stoner comedy. Um, I, I suppose if there was one thing, maybe the the resolution to the story, like the third act, probably happens too late in the film. Mm. There is a lot. There is a very big middle section. Um, I think the start as well. There's there's just a lot to establish to get because there is there is a, a large ensemble of characters in this film, but um, it makes for a, a really wholesome experience. And the film is not afraid to go to the really dark places. Um, has such low self-esteem that he actually helps in a robbery that goes wrong. You might not. Like, there's a particular scene where, um, from that, and you're just sort of, and you're the audience, and you're sort of thinking, you know, you had so many opportunities to turn things around, and now you're sort of letting yourself go back down this path. And this is what always happens in films. There always has to be ups and downs. Things cannot always go up and up. But, like, God, it was just, it just made it mm-hmm. so gut-wrenching when he makes that decision. Um, look, this has been, I think this has been a, I think this is a, this has been, uh, we can't disagree. This is not, this is, we can't disagree. This is actually a, a... Marco, I believe we just wanted to check in on the whiskey corner. How is that going? <laughs> well, I got to say it is a lot, uh, a lot bolder than a lot of the other single malts that we've been drinking a lot of the other whiskeys that at least I've been drinking it uh it feels unashamedly like american in style it's 
It is bold. It is kind of harsh in a way, but there's a weird little bit of sweetness to it as well. Another thing to note that this is also uh, 47% alcohol, so it is significantly more alcoholic than a lot of the single malts, which usually are flat 40%. So I think that also comes into, into this drink. The tasting notes from Maker's Mark say that it's hints of wood staves, caramel, and sweetness. And I can tell you that you definitely get the sweetness and the woodiness at the, the head. Wouldn't necessarily say caramel. But, um, yeah, it is uh, very intense on the palate, that is for sure. It's, it's very bold on the tongue. At the, the very first hit, it is, has a, almost like an alcoholic spiciness. Not unwarranted, but certainly uh, a little bit shocking considering what we've been trying for the last 22 weeks or so. Am I right? 20-something weeks? 24. 24. 24. So we're this actually this is ironic because you know Pete Davidson is 24 in the film. So well Scott Crenlin is his character, but uh, I'm the 24th episode of Three oh, Boys well, in a Bar. And if I'd reviewed this last, it would have been twice 23 with the Makers Mark 46. <laughs> <laughs> we don't clutch at straws on this show. It's all about it's all so, about the content, so, um, boys. So does that mean we have to? Does that mean we have to buy a twenty-five-year-old whiskey for next episode? You should. Oh, yeah. You sure, you sure do. You're on whiskey duties, aren't you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, anyway, um, to quickly sum up, uh, apart from this tangent that we're going on, the Maker's Mark Forty Six is quite a bold whiskey, as I'm sure a lot of bourbon whiskies are, especially Kentucky straight bourbon. But uh, yeah, once again, that was the Maker's Mark 46, and I, I rate it. It's a, it's a different, it's a bit of a change of pace from some of the sweeter and smoother single malts that we've been trying, or like from the Irish to the Scottish to the Japanese whiskies. So nice change of pace. So boys, I think it's time we go to the scoring board and um, unveil our scores. Will, as the uh, the the person who chose this film, what did you think? Thanks, Tom. Right, I'm going to run you through what I thought. King of Staten Island story, I'm going to go with a three. I think it is really interesting, and I think I was really taken along for the journey. So even though we've pointed out some things that didn't quite gel, I think the story overall, certainly the script writing and the dialogue, was really, really good, strong, three. Performances, a three and a half. In my intro, I sort of called out the main players, so obviously Pete Davidson. But yeah, his chemistry with Belle Pauly is really, really good. Marissa Tomei and then Bill Burr as the mum and, you know, sort of stepdad wannabe or the new relationship, really, really good. So three and a half there. Direction for, you know, old mate Judd, three and a half. Thought he tied all the... uh, I thought what he got out of his actors... I thought this is absolutely character-driven piece, three and a half. And then technical, a three. It's competent. I think probably the editing lets it down. So that gives me a total of 13 out of 20. Mark? Well, well uh, yeah, I gave a story a three. I thought that, like, like we said, it was sort of a tale of two films, but when it resonates, it really resonates. 
But again, like we said, there was not really a bad scene in the film. It was well performed. It was well written. Um, so three for story. Direction gave a three. I think Judd Ap- Apatow did did what it needed. I think the direction was the uh, editing was a little bit weird, and maybe the script could have been tightened up, in my opinion, in places. But generally, it's not a bad product. Uh, technical, I gave a three. I didn't think there was anything spectacular about any of the other technical aspects. They just did the job. Probably the the biggest shout out will be to the tattoos all over Pete Davidson's body, which I I hope they're real. I know they're not, but <laughs> I hope they're real. And performances, I gave a four across <laughs> the board. I think the performances are great. And while I I don't particularly like Pete Davidson as an actor. I think he did a great job conveying this character, who, which is clearly deeply personal to him. And for him to sort of be able to go to those emotional places, I think is can't be overstated. Um, so all, all over that gives me a 13. Tom. Thanks, Marco. Um, boys, look, I really love this film. I'm going to, I thought, um, I mean, notwithstanding uh, the tonal shifts, I actually thought this film was a real, it was just fantastic. I thought the scenes were great. I thought the writing was great. I thought the acting was great. I think Judd Apatow did a fantastic job directing his his actors. Clearly, he also had some writing input, so he he was a, and he crafted the scene. He helped craft the scenes very well. I think it was a really good collaboration between him and Pete Davidson. They've done an excellent job. So I'm just going to say, directing, acting, writing. I'm going to just give a four across the board. I thought they were it was all outstanding. The only thing that I did think that was wrong with this film, as I've said before, was the editing. I think it could have been a little bit tighter. I think. There were some characters who were introduced who weren't, whose who's, um, uh, issues or particular sort of conflicts with um, uh, Pete Davidson's character were not resolved. And I kind of wished that there was a little bit more closure. I still thought the ending was fine, but I thought I was, I just think that there was still quite a few loose ends that needed to be uh, wrapped up. But otherwise, I thought, so I gave technical a three. I thought it wasn't a technical film and it was competently made. I did think editing, it could have been a little tighter. So overall, I'm giving it a 15. It's a much watch. It's a, it's a must a, watch. A me. must watch. A must watch. Tom Webb. Very strong. <laughs> well, must watch. I think. I think. Um. I think anything a 15 and above, a B plus, is is a is definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I reckon this is a watch. Um, because I think apart from anything else, you'd be hard pressed to find something like this released within the last 12 months. So. It's a watch. It's pretty niche, but it is a watch, and I think it's unique. So. Yeah, watch for me. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just and it's such an honest film. Um, the scenes are so real, and I don't know. I just yeah, you've heard you've heard what I've said. I think this is great. And Marco, it's a watch from you as well. Yes, it is a watch from me. <laughs> real. Well, guys, that's all we have time for today. Um, if you if you have like let me let us know your comments about this. What do you think about the King of Staten Island? If you haven't watched it, it's um available on iTunes at the moment. It's it's twenty dollars, but I think if you wait a week or two, it should be rent rentable for substantially less. But, um, all right, before we wrap up, I believe Marco, it's your choice for movie next week. Right, uh, thanks, Tom. So for next week, we will be watching On the Rocks by Sofia Coppola with Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. Thank you very much. That sounds it's great. exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Very nice. Well, boys, thanks again. And um, to listeners, if you love what we're doing, please let us know on Instagram at three boys in a bar. That is the number three. If you have any comments about The King of Staten Island or if you think that there's a movie that is 
disappeared under the radar for us or if there's a whiskey on a on a shelf in a liquor store somewhere that you reckon we should pull down then let us know at threeboysinabar at gmail.com thanks boys hey thanks for listening to three boys in a bar if you liked this podcast please subscribe rate and review don't forget you can connect with us on Instagram at Three Boys in a Bar or send us your own whiskey and film recommendations to threeboysinabar at gmail.com. Stay tuned for a spoiler cast if we have one happening this week. Otherwise, we'll catch you next time.